is coming up now on Established in the Faith. One slip. If he loses his balance in any way and falls on any one of those men laying there, it's game over. Friend, I'm here to tell you today, God's doing everything he can to get to you because he loves you. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me, please, to the book of First Samuel? First Samuel, chapter twenty six, starting with the first verse. 1 Samuel 26, verse 1, And the Ziphites came unto Saul to Gibba, saying, Doth not David hide himself in the hill of Hekelah, which is before Jeshimon? Then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, having three thousand chosen men of Israel with him to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul pitched in the hill of Hekelah, which is before Jeshimon, by the way. But David abode in the wilderness, and he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness. David therefore sent out spies and understood that Saul was come in very deed. And David arose and came to the place where Saul had pitched, and David beheld the place where Saul lay, and Abner the son of Ner, the captain of his host, And Saul lay in the trench, and the people pitched round about him. The Bible tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. And in this chapter, we see where Saul has set out once again to try to kill David. And in David's actions here in this chapter, we can see the very heart of God and how God deals with people. And this morning, I just want to use for a subject, preaching a few minutes, how God deals with people. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for His help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for the opportunity that we have to be able to come and share Your Word. I thank You for every person that's under the sound of my voice today. Lord, today I'm leaning upon you and asking for the anointing of your Spirit to rest upon me, to help me, Lord, to rightly divide this word of truth. Lord, steer this message today in the direction that you would have it to go. Lord, may needs be met. And Lord, we are careful to give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. This would be the second time that Saul would come out to try to kill David. On the first occasion, Saul came into a cave where David and his men were hiding. 
Saul laid down and covered his feet and went off to sleep. And he knew not that David and his men were hiding in the cave. David stands there over Saul with a knife in his hand. One swift blow of the hand and David can eliminate his problem. But he said, no, I will not do this thing. I will not touch the Lord's anointed. Instead, he opted to cut off a portion of Saul's robe. And when Saul awoke and left the cave and got at a safe distance away, David called out after Saul and revealed to him what all he had done. I had the opportunity to kill you, Saul, but I didn't do it. Behold this piece of your robe that I have in my hands. And Saul repented. He actually admitted that he knew that God had chosen David to be the future king of Israel. And he said, David, when you come into that position... Protect my progenitry. Promise me that you will not kill the rest of my family when this time comes. And David promised. And Saul went his way and David went his way. But this repentance would be short-lived. Because someone now comes to Saul and says, David is now in the wilderness of Ziph and in the hill of And when Saul hears these words, the jealous heart of Saul rises up and that hatred for David rises once again. And Saul gathers 3,000 chosen men of Israel now to set out to kill David once again. Here is a man who knows the will of God. He knows that David will one day be the future king of Israel and sets out to destroy the work of God. He hates David. Let me tell you this. There are people in this nation today who hate God. They hate the people of God. They hate everything that has to do with God. We don't want God in the classroom. We don't want God in the Pledge of Allegiance. We do not want God on our money. We want to eliminate God altogether. Despite the events of 9-11... There is more hatred today in this nation for Christianity than it is Islam. You can join any religion in the world that you want. And nothing will be said. But it's open season on Christianity. How does God deal with those who hate Him? You can see it in the actions of David here in this chapter. First of all, you look there in verse 3. It came as no surprise to David that Saul was coming after him once again. And 
Ladies and gentlemen, it should not be a surprise to you and I today that people are acting this way and doing these things. Matter of fact, Jesus said in John 15 verse 18, He said, If the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Church, let me tell you this. When the world out here begins to approve of the church and applaud the church, the church has got a problem. David saw where Saul was located at. And in verse 4, we see where David sent out spies. Today, God has sent two spies out into the world. Number one, the Word of God. Number two, the Holy Ghost. God said in Isaiah 55, verse 11, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Two spies that God has sent into the world today. His Word and the Holy Ghost. And David goes to Saul at night. If you look there in verse 7. Sooner or later you are going to experience a time of night. It's a time when it seems like everything is going against you, everything is going wrong. It is a time when you feel like you are the most vulnerable. Let me tell you, God takes advantage of that time when we are the most vulnerable. And David went to Saul by night at a time when he was the most vulnerable. But this time David did not go with ill intent toward Saul. He did not go to condemn. He did not go to kill Saul. Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn, but I came to save. God comes to us and the times when we're the most vulnerable. Why? Because He wants to show us His grace and His mercy. And David finds Saul laying in a trench. If you'll look there in verse 5. Here is a man 
who left the comforts of his bed in a palace to go out and seek someone who had nothing but good intentions toward him and finds himself laying now in a trench. You think of that. And sin is the cause. What are you saying, Brother James? I'm saying this. I know people right now. They've got it made. They've got plenty of money. They've got everything in the world you could want and imagine. And yet, they're throwing it all away for nothing. Sin will drag you down. You cannot stay on a level with sin. That goes for the lost world out here. That goes for you, child of God, as well. David finds Saul laying in a trench, and he's asleep. Saul has no idea what is going on around him. And there are people in this world today who are lost. They are asleep. They do not see the things that are going on. They do not recognize the signs of the times. Totally oblivious to the things of God. Asleep. I can understand the lost world out here. But much of the modern church is in the same category. Asleep. They have no idea what God is doing in these last days. In verse 8, we see where David had the opportunity to kill Saul. Abisha said to David, Let me smite him with the spear even to the earth at once. And David said, No. Don't do it. He gives Saul another chance. And I thank God today for another chance. There are some of you in this place, many of you listening by radio today, if it wasn't for the Lord saying no, you would have been dead a long time ago. Some of you sitting here today, you should not be here today, but God had mercy on your soul and He gave you another chance. Some of you go to church Sunday after Sunday and the altar call is given and you stand there and God deals with your heart and you grip the pew and you will not come forward and accept Jesus Christ and you walk out the door Sunday after Sunday and God has given you chance after chance. God is gracious and He is merciful. But sooner or later, the chances run out. Are you hearing me? David said, if you look there in verse 10, he said, His day will come to die. 
The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, and it is appointed unto man once to die, and then after that, the judgment. Are you ready? Now, in verse 11, we see where David goes in and he takes Saul's spear and his cruise of water. I want you to think about this for just a minute. Here is Saul laying in the middle of 3,000 chosen men of Israel. 3,000 of them now laying all around him. And David takes his life into his hand to tiptoe around all of these men to get to Saul. One slip, if he trips over a hand, if he loses his balance in any way and falls on any one of those men laying there, it's game over. He's walking through a minefield. And I can just picture David now just tiptoeing, taking his time, doing what he has to do to get the soul. Friend, I'm here to tell you today, God's doing everything He can to get to you because He loves you. David takes his life in his hands to get to Saul. Jesus Christ took his life in his hands for you and I. Now, all David takes is Saul's spear and the cruise of water. What in the round world is he doing? Why the spear and the cruise of water? Have you ever thought about it? First of all, I don't think David would have put himself in that predicament unless God told him to do it. Nobody in their right mind's going to put themselves in that minefield. And I believe David did what he did because God told him to do it. But why the spear and the cruise of water? I'm going to tell you why I think. Now, I hadn't read this anywhere. I'm going to give you a little Pierce theology this morning now. This was the spear. That Saul threw at David on several occasions and tried to kill him. As Saul lost his mind, they would bring David in with his harp, and David would play Amazing Grace or something, and it would drive the demon spirits away. But on several occasions, Saul reached over and grabbed his spear and tried to kill David with the spear. The spear is what 
caused David to have to leave out of the presence of Saul. The spear, if you will, is what separated David from Saul. Just like sin is what separates you and I from God. And Jesus went to a lot of trouble to take sin out of the way. So that you and I could have relationship with Him again. So that spear is symbolic of sin. David took the spear out of the way. The thing that caused separation, he took it out of the way. Jesus Christ took sin out of the way. Alright, now, the cruise of water. The physical body requires several things in order for it to live, in order for it to exist. One of the things that you've got to have is food. As I look out across this congregation today, I see where there is no lack of supply for some of you. (laughs) I ain't got no room to talk. But now you can go for quite some time without eating. The next thing that you need is air. You've got to have air in order to live. If you don't have air, you'll be dead in less than two minutes. So you've got to have air. The other thing you've got to have is water. You've got to have water because if you don't drink water and if you don't drink enough of it, you will dehydrate. Your kidneys will shut down and then your vital organs will shut down. So these are three things that you've got to have. It is the power source of the physical body. And Saul had his water bottle laying there. And God told David to take the spear and the water bottle So what does the water bottle represent? It represents the power source of the sin nature. Because when Jesus died on Calvary, not only did he take away the spear of sin, but he took away the power source of the sin nature to where sin shall not have dominion over you. Glory to God. And He gave us a new power source, the Holy Spirit. And David went in among 3,000 chosen men of Israel, took the spear and the water bottle, and nobody knew it. And then at a given point in time, if you'll look there in verse 14... David revealed what all he had done. He cried out aloud to the people to wake them up. David, in doing this, showed his love toward Saul. Church, you and I today need to cry aloud. 
to a lost and dying world and share with them what Jesus Christ has done for them because there are many out here who do not know. And let me close with this last little point. David made a show of Abner. I mean, when David got done with Abner, he said, Abner, you're a valiant man. You are a man of war. You are responsible. You're the one who should have been looking after Saul, the king. I come in there last night and took his spear and his water bottle. Here it is. And you laid there and ain't done a thing. You were supposed to be protected. I mean, he made a show of him openly before everybody. And I'm here to tell you today, when Jesus Christ died on Calvary, he made a show of the devil. Because Paul told us in Colossians 2.14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. He took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. If you want to know how God deals with people, look at the cross. Because one of the things that Jesus said on that cross before he died was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.